0: Welcome to the Change Agents Podcast with your host, Tracy D. Allen, social enterprise and small business funding strategist and the owner of TBA Consulting Group. The Change Agents Podcast is about empowering change agents, social entrepreneurs, social enterprises, and nonprofits with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts needed to design, build, and fund their social ventures.
1: Nonprofit success strategies, um, program development strategies. I have about a little over twenty years experience working with nonprofits, and capacity building is our topic for this week because that's the th- that's the number one thing. Um, as I work with nonprofits, that I see um, nonprofits are missing or weak in, it is in capacity, and really um, they're not really understanding what capacity building means. So Tracy and I. Tracy is going to tell you who she is. Sounds like frustrating, right? <laughs> um, but we're trying to kind of channel that into some more positive energy to help um, nonprofits and social enterprises
0: focus on the things that they need to do in order to make it move forward. Okay, great. So, my name is Tracy Allen, I'm the owner of TVA Consulting. Um, And I work primarily with uh, social enterprises or social entrepreneurs and small businesses. And even with them, capacity is a huge issue. Um, So it's across the board. People in business, period, have a problem with building to capacity. And I, too, also have over 20 years of experience in the industry. So between Ty and I, you have about 45 years of experience going on right here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Building capacity and why it's so important across the board, whether you're a nonprofit, small business owner or a social entrepreneur or enterprise. So, hey, um, we
1: were t- kind of focusing on what does what funding have to do with it? I think I put it in term. Mm-hmm. Um term. <laughs> like, what's funding, funding got to do with it? Um, normally when we talk about things like sustainability and capacity, the, the mind of the organization goes directly to records, grants and money. Um, but we want to kind of pull you guys back a little bit. You know, it doesn't start with the money, it starts somewhere else. It starts with the development system that you create toward the money, and that's that's what capacity is about. Um, so it has everything to do with the money, but you have to be position in a way that you attract funds, and that positioning is going to require that you show up with a certain level of strength, and that's what capacity basically is. It's like how strong are you as an organization or business in in several different areas. There's not just one, right? So you have that internal infrastructure uh, for nonprofits, that's the board, that's your executive staff. That's your your regular staff. That's your volunteer staff. What do y'all look like as a collective, and how do you represent the organization in a way that you appear to have strength as an organization? Because we're not going to give you funds unless we can trust that you know how to manage those funds. And at the core of that, that infrastructure that lets us know because we get to know who's responsible for what you know I'm a, I'm a grant writer I'm grant man one of the things and I didn't see this a whole lot um you know so much a couple years ago because it was in my opinion you know, a few years ago it was easier to get grants you know um the money is still out there but it was just easier because the competition I think
0: was yes <laughs> it was easy. less competitive definitely right? And, like, and, and competitiveness it's, is it, it's, is it's, one thing and then you know the eligibility is another. So people are like, okay, uh-huh. I have this I'm eligible for this point. I'm reading
1: the announcement and it looks like I was a bit. But when you look at the pool of, of applicants that come in, how competitive are you against them? So if they're showing up and they look stronger, even if you you're doing the work, if you're not representing that work in a way that shows that not only do you have the capacity to do what you say you're going to do, the ability, the strength to do what it is that you say you're going to do, that you can also sustain this moving forward. I had a call on yesterday, and a guy was there. He's like, "Do they still have that question in the grants that ask you um, how do you plan to sustain after the after you use all these funds?" I'm like, "Yeah, they still have that question. That's not the number one question because that's what we want to know. We want to know if we got the best return. We're going to get the best return on our, on our investment." And that's going to be your ability to sustain. How do you communicate that to us? And for me, being on the grant review side, I want to see where your capacity lies. That's going to tell me whether or not you're going to be able to sustain moving forward. How strong is your infrastructure? What do your systems look like for accounting and financial management? What does that look like? Who are, who's holding you accountable for what it is that you're supposed to be doing? How are you running your programs? What are you using for program management? Those kind of things that we kind of forget about a whole lot, Tracy.
0: Absolutely, and I agree with like everything that you just said. It was so um so much easier for organizations to get grants maybe even about seven years ago where now it is just extremely competitive and you really have to make sure that you're working up to capacity that you have all of your ducks in a row per se right um another thing that you talked about that I wanted to um, piggyback on is when you talk about infrastructure, part of a big part of your capacity is the infrastructure, making sure that you have the people in place to do what is necessary, especially if you're going to be writing. let's We talk about funding. So if you're going to be looking for funding for a new program. Do you have job descriptions that go along with the people who are going to be supporting that program? Have you already started the interview process? Do you have some type of pipeline? How are these people going to be paid? How are they going to report? All of that builds into the capacity. And most definitely, every grantor, everybody who is funding, whether it's someone who's donating, somebody who's investing, somebody who's contributing, whatever word, terminologies you decide to use, they want to know that their monies are going to be used in the best possible way, which means that I'm not just going to give you the money so that you can do what you need to do right now, but I want to know that you're going to take this money, you're going to invest it in such a way into your organization that even after I stop giving you the money, you are able to sustain the program because you have other strategies in place for diversifying your funding pool. I hope that makes
1: sense. Right. And you diversifying your funding um, pool, I think that's very important because we, we often forget, especially when we get into nonprofits, and that's my thing. Um, a lot of people, come; they start nonprofits because they think they're going to get grant money, and they think that grants are the only way to go, right? And I tell people, you know, when you get started, especially if you're, like, a loan leader, and some people here might be the loan leader, meaning that you started this by yourself, you're trying to get everything up and running. You really don't have to see my side. When um, we get into that position a lot of times, we're like, okay, I, I think we're just going to go for grants. I see a 1,000 posts a day asking for grant writers. I'm like, don't tag me in this stuff because y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready for no grant. Don't be tagging me over here in your grant writing request. But when I see stuff like that and I see people asking for, you know, I need a grant writer. I'm desperately need a desperately grant writer. And I happen to talk with some these people. I go, what else are you doing? Um, to raise money, what are you doing right now? And they go, you know, nothing. You know, I'm not doing anything. I'm looking for grants. And that's not the way that you do this. You have to build your organization from the ground up. I've worked with organizations that had actual millions of dollars in their operating budgets and had never gotten a grant before until they met me. And it's because they didn't even want grants, right? They wanted to. they, They did other things. They products and services related to their mission that they sell and remember to keep. I'm going to let Tracy talk to y'all about me because that's her thing. She loves to buzz about that. Um, that's related to their mission. Um, things like membership services if their organization allows for that. Um, donations and and, and, and the contributions, in-kind contributions, those kind of things that you have to strive for in order to grow your organization. And when a funder sees that, even if you're brand new, when a funder sees that you have a good mix They know that you know how to bring in funds. They know you know how to generate support. They know that you have partnerships somewhere, collaborations somewhere, that's going to help you to grow your organization even when their funds are gone. And that's what they're looking for when they're trying to decide whether or not to give you these grant monies.
0: Right, and like Ty said, yeah, like Ty said, I like to fuss about mission, right? So everything that you do in your organization in order to build a capacity has to be mission centered. You cannot step outside your mission. You cannot have shiny object syndrome. From the time that you you invest any of your time energy into a shiny object syndrome, you are going to lose your base because you start doing things that are not mission-centered and not doing things that are mission-centered can cause you your organization status with the IRS. And it can also put you in a category where you end up having to pay taxes. So make sure that you're staying on mission always. And like Ty said, creating products and services and around that mission. So you can sell, you can have earned income in your nonprofit organization, but that earned income has to be based on your mission. It has to, you have to be selling something that is directly related to your mission. The next thing I wanted to talk about that you talked about was um sustainability beyond grants. So every nonprofit organization, one of the things that we have we noticed along the way, because I used to really just deal with nonprofits so I could speak to nonprofits as well, right? So um one of the things that we Ty and I and other um other consultants that we talk with um, constantly, we notice that a lot of people start nonprofit organizations and right out the gate, they think that they're going to get grants. That's what they want. That's the only thing that they're focused on is grants, right? And grants are great, but grants are not sustainable. I keep saying it grants are fickle. So you can get it this year. That doesn't mean that you're going to get it again next year. What is your plan beyond the grant funds? And that should not be your first plan. Your first plan of action to get monies into your organization is what people don't want to hear, which is your board of directors. If I'm sitting on your board, I should be invested in your mission, vision, and values. And I should want to invest my money into the organization. So your first line of fundraising is actually your board members. They should be paying dues as board members, right? um Yeah. <laughs> right
1: on. I was going yeah. a sustainability training um, mm-hmm. the other the other week, and that's exactly what we we're talking about. That question in that grant application that says, "How do you plan to save? And a lot of people are they lose the grant because of how they answer that question. Right? Oh, perfect. Right. A yeah. Program good, the budget looks good, the evaluation plan looks good, and they get to that question that says, how do you plan to sustain, and they go, I'm just going to apply for another grant, right? And then the grant maker is looking like, okay, uh, we know that grants are are not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. What happens, we get a little nervous, right? Right. We, we give them this grant, and then don't have a bad application. You know, I you know, sat in, uh, in grant review and, and have reviewed applications that didn't score really well, Right. But there's somebody on the grant review panel that says, you know what, let's give them a chance. You know, the evaluation stuff, the, the board, the, the, the budget didn't look good, but we have a couple dollars left over here, so let's give them a chance. So we give them a chance, and then you answer that question, how do you plan to sustain, by saying, we're going to apply for more grants. So my first thing is like, uh-uh, because you already got this one. <laughs> we do not want to give you this one. This is on when you get a of practice, you got this one. So, hey, what else can you do to sustain when you're talking about something like capacity building, it go like Trace was saying. Your internal is first. Your board is first. I told people your board is your first line of defense. It right? is. If your what, what I hate to see is when I go out on Facebook and I go, you know, places and I see these fundraisers and they go zero out of twenty thousand dollars in three months, and I'm like, where is your board? They got you off the looking bad, right? Like where can can they can somebody give something right? To make, yeah, to make the organization look good and even. Internal things. If your board is given, like Tracy mentioned, if your board is given those basic things that you need to to make sure that your your organization stays functional, those things are covered. Those things are already covered, and you can operate, you can focus on operating your programs, you can focus on um, increasing your mission and working towards your vision. But you have to get things in line with that board
0: first. Right, and part of the board's duties is to help with fundraising. So I know a lot of people go onto boards and they're like, I'm not asking anybody for money. I don't do that. That's not my thing. (laughs) You know, I'm not begging. It's not begging. You're asking, you decided to sit on the board because obviously I would think that you had some type of connection to the mission, to the cause, right? That is the only way I am going to sit on a board is if I connect with the cause that that, that charity is um, championing. Right. So I should want to give, and then I should actually want to ask other people in my network to help to support this cause as well. But let's be honest, most people have a problem asking for things. So this is why it's imperative as part of your capacity building um, strategies especially when it comes to funding, is to make sure that you get a consultant to come in and do some serious board training. It doesn't matter how many boards your board member has sat on before. It doesn't mean that they don't need training. Every board operates different. And because someone has sat on a board before does not make them a board expert, nor does it make them a nonprofit expert or a fundraising expert. Every time you bring in new board members, as a matter of fact, as part of your yearly um, educational, professional development strategies, you should have a consultant come in and do a board retreat, which ent- entails one of the things that it would entail is fundraising. How to effectively ask for money.
1: Yeah, and with your board, and your, you want to set the culture of giving in your organization, right? You want to be able to, right up front, your board has to know that we're expecting you to give because in order for them to effectively attract funds from outside of your the organization, they have to be doing their job. Right. And they're giving the help. You know, why are you asking somebody else to give? And I always talk about separating the populations, you know, your priority population and more those people that serve, and then your target audience, those people who you are, in essence, wanting to serve you wanting to give to you, wanting to support you. It's, you have to create a different marketing message for them. You have to attract them in different ways. You're having to approach them in a different way than you approach your priority population because you are giving to your priority population, right? You, are, you have something that they want, they're going to come and get it. So they have a different mindset, you know, typically. Then you have your target audience, those people who you're wanting to lend you to. Of the support that you're asking them to give to you, and you're not. And I, I say it all the time: just because you have a club of charity, you're, doesn't mean that you're the charity, right? You can't be the charity case. Mm-hmm. You have to put yourself in a way that funders, especially when they're trying to give to you, they trust that they're making a good return on their investment. If you're showing up raggedy and you have the, the you know the poor man's mentality, they're not going to be so comfortable giving to you,
0: right? And as a person who deals a lot with, like I said, small businesses and social enterprises, I take an approach to nonprofits from the social enterprise model that you need to sit with your board and develop an earned income strategy. That is how you're going to build a financial capacity. That is how you're going to build to sustainability, along with having a diverse funding matrix or funding pool, whichever terminology you want to use, you definitely want to make sure that your organization is earning money. So contrary to popular belief, nonprofit organizations can earn income, right? So you can sell your products and services um, and you can develop product lines in your nonprofit organization that earn you regular income. It just has to be mission centered. So that is one thing that I would like nonprofits in particular to start thinking of. Things start sitting with your board and coming up. Get a consultant if you're not sure if you're stepping within the lines that you need to stay in so that you don't end up in a situation where um, you're you're doing something that is unrelated business income um, tax expenses, then I need you to get with a consult a consultant and develop a product line, develop a sliding scale that will allow you to earn income for your nonprofit. There's no reason why you should be out here funding it on your own. Capacity building is all inclusive. It is internal. It is external because you have to build those um, community partners as well. You know, sometimes joining forces with another organization makes your um, application for grant funding or your solicitation for sponsorship even stronger. So there's so many different facets like Ty and I have talked about all this week because this is our third series in this capacity building. It is all encompassing and you really need to sit down and take a good look. We even did one on doing internal audits that's part of your capacity building as well is really taking a good look of what's going on in your organization what do you really want to go on in your organization and how can you make adjustments to fix it
1: great
0: so i think i'm at question time i got another meeting coming up so me you too know. yeah we
1: both
0: do <laughs> yeah we're in the same meeting so anyone have any questions Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms because we're always giving out information. We also do, Ty and I and another consultant, we do a weekly um, live called Mission Impact, where we go over in depth a particular strategy to help your organization grow to capacity. So,
1: all right, Dean has a question.
0: Okay, you gonna let her in? Come on,
1: Dean. Okay. Girl, do I know how to let? <laughs> All right, Ty, you're on it today, aren't you? Girl, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm my best. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so here's my question.
0: So, I am in the process of filling out a grant, and luckily, this funder uh, did a webinar.
1: Uh, to talk about the things that they, they really are focusing on, like in the different grant areas.
0: Yep. And um, they're calling it um,
1: area of impact, but the more that the grants are spoke about it.
0: Uh-oh. Okay, change agents.